Hi mate, you okay? Yeah, great, thank you. How's the head? <laughs> it's still struggling. Okay, I'll do most of the talking then. Uh, I, I don't mind talking, it's just the thinking that I can't do. Not on a normal day I can't do it, let alone on a hangover. That's true actually, that's very true. Because you went out for just one, you went out for a quick one, didn't you? Which is always yep. synonym for I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered. Well, I, I genuinely believed it was going to be one or two, funnily enough. So I was like, oh yeah, nothing's going to come of it. Um, I come in stumbling at four o'clock in the morning, waking everyone up. Um, and yeah, <laughs> absolute scenes. But anyway, how, how, was, um, how was the Grand Prix in Tuscany? Yeah. I believe you've watched yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'd barely call it a Formula One race and more akin to uh, rallying. Um, there was so much contact. They had about two or three standing starts, I think, because basically, um, uh, I think it was in the first lap, there was an incident between, it was Gasly, Verstappen, Raikkonen, somebody else as well. And that basically resulted in a safety car for a little bit. And then at the restart of the safety car, which was after like five laps or something, there was another crash because what happens, and this is, you know, this results in a really big pile up, uh, which doesn't happen very often in Formula One. And it was, so it's quite scary um, for a lot of drivers and people watching as well. It was basically because when you're under the safety car, obviously the safety car sets the pace and everything and there's no overtaking. So you've got first, second, third, fourth, and they're staying as they are, but they're still moving throughout the track. And as the safety car goes into the pits, um, the lead driver takes control of the pace. And typically what they do is they're slow right up until the line, and then they go. And that's basically what happened. And so he sped up, and then he got to the line, and he slowed down, from my understanding. And then he seemed to speed up again, which was Bottas, who was leading. And so some drivers got confused. Some people further back ended up braking while some behind them were still accelerating. And so a bunch of people ended up going into the back of one another and we lost about four or five cars from that. Although George Russell was involved, but they managed to repair his car and get him back on the grid, which was pretty impressive. It's similar to what happened to Verstappen. I can't remember where it happened, but he basically in the formation lap, he skid off, skidded off and... Um, they had to repair his car really quickly before the race. It was so, quite disappointing in that regard, though, that he was involved in one of those accidents that happened. Exactly. Considering half of half the um, participants have, haven't actually finished the race, so there's only what 11, 12? So, something uh, stupid like that. People who have actually finished, and it yeah. was really unfortunate for Williams, considering they've done so well to actually repair the car, they didn't yeah. actually get any points, and it was so disappointing from their point of view. Mm to to actually do really well in in the race circumstances that have happened yeah. um, but not actually get anything out of it isn't it just so typical of williams like they yeah. they recently yeah. they they sold williams the williams family so it was run by uh, the daughter of frank williams who's the owner of the williams formula 1 racing team and they just they you know because of covid they had no sponsorship um, they didn't have enough sponsorships. They were already running on thin ice and then COVID hit and they lost a bunch more money. And so they decided to up and sell the team. And so last weekend in Monza was their last race. And so this is their first race under new management. I don't actually know who's managing the team now. It seems to, from my understanding, have kind of a, 
I, I, I don't know who's, who's managing Williams, but you know, it would have been off to an incredible start, wouldn't it, under new management? It would have been really good for them, yeah. But, you know, these things take time. So I think we shouldn't really be looking at it in a perspective of what happens in one race because it could all change. And it's, it's something that I'm sure that they're going to be changing um, the personnel who are driving as well. George Williams, uh, not George Williams, um, George Russell, sorry, yeah, has, um, he's quite young. He's got quite a lot of potential. So I don't know if he will change. Um, but certainly, what's the other guy's name? Um, Latifi. Latifi, that's Latifi, it. Yeah. Um, he's a pay driver. He's a what, sorry? A pay driver. So, you know, you know, like Sergio Perez, like guys that come in with a load of sponsorship, a load of backing, and they're able to bring in a load of investment into the team in, yeah. order, to make, in order to make the team more competitive. And then you've got Russell, who he's part of the Mercedes Young Driver Academy or whatever they call it. You know, mm-hmm. so he's so after Hamilton eventually retires, Russell is next in line to move up to Mercedes to compete with Bottas if Bottas is still at Williams, or he could take Valtteri's spot whenever Valtteri decides is, yeah. isn't there because Valtteri used to race for Williams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it overall it was very surprising. Like you said, I wouldn't really call it a Formula One race, it was no. just you can't really describe it having had um. Uh, 12, 12 people out of 20 finished the actual race Yeah, <laughs> is quite funny in a way if you look at it now it, it is quite funny obviously you know we care about driver safety but when, when you look at it from the aspect of this is Formula 1 and there isn't much contact made in races ever and now you've got a r- race which was basically bumper cars more than anything else <laughs> I wouldn't really call that Formula 1 yeah uh, I think that's probably a very good description of what, how the race went and talking about how it all went, I'm quite surprised that Ricardo didn't actually get a podium. Well, I say surprise, it's a bit of a disappointment because, again, race circumstances, mm. I think he was so close. He was only two seconds out, wasn't he, behind Albon? Yeah, Albon so. overtook him late. So Ricardo was running in third for a while. I don't know what led to Ricardo being overtaken in the end, whether it was um, a loss of power or the tyres were starting to wear. Or, or whatever it may be, and Albon's in a Red Bull, which you know, Red Bull have been amazing. Mm. And this, this was him fighting for his first podium because he needed that because he's been under a lot of pressure re- recently, Albon. Because you know, they've been talking about a similar it's funny because it's a similar theme that happened to Pierre Gasly last year, where you know, when Max can't finish races, they need their second driver to step up and really compete. And uh, last season, Gasly just didn't do that. Gasly would, was happy to sit in fifth, sixth place or whatever and take those points, whereas Albon goes for it. You know, he spun off the track trying to overtake Hamilton in the Austrian, I think it was, Grand Prix. And yeah. he, he was bumped into Hamilton again in the, last, in the Brazilian Grand Prix in 2019. So he goes for it. And he went for it again today and it it worked because he wasn't trying to overtake Hamilton mainly. Do you think Albon's got a bit of a, um, I don't know if it's anxiety or what issue, but he doesn't tend to perform very well in the qualifiers. He only tends to kind of push himself when it comes to the race. um, And he knows he needs to get a result because how many times um, last year didn't do very well. 
Um, and then he came in and he just went on an overtaking rampage. Um, I think I can't remember what race it was, but he was like 18th, had a someone bumped him, um, and he pulled back to like fifth in however many laps to go. Yeah. So he is young and he's got so much potential, but I think with him being in such a young team, having such a young teammate to compete with, it's a very um, well, the structure of it is very interesting because, of course, Verstappen has been, it feels like he's been around for quite a while. Um, and he's still a young guy, whereas Albin hasn't been around for a while, but he's still a young guy. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to know how the actual structure within um, Red Bull is to treat them. Well, we know that they favour Verstappen. I don't think that's any great secret. I mean, they've been giving Albon. So Albon and Verstappen, they've had different parts on their car. I don't know. I think it was something to do with the brake ducts or something like that. So uh, Verstappen's had better kit than Alex Albon to begin with this season. And Red Bull will obviously know that and they'll obviously account for that when they look back um, at his results and they'll say, okay, well, you know, we can, we, we can be confident that if he had Max's kit he could perform well. And maybe he got those updates and maybe that contributed to his performance today. Um, but the fit, you know, coming back to what you were saying initially about qualifying and everything and basically just extracting the raw pace out of the car, that's just going to take time. And you, you, you see that with um, like Hamilton, for example. Hamilton is an incredible racer. It took him a while initially when he was in Formula One to kind of consistently end up qualifying high up the grid. And that's something to do with having an awesome car. You know, because Mercedes always seem to turn up to every race with an amazing setup that suits them pretty perfectly for that track. Mm. Whereas Red Bull's Red Bull's setup pretty much it, it favors it doesn't favor tracks like Monza or um, Spa where you're just relying on straight line speed. It favours like tight circuits like Singapore and Monaco. So that's where they perform better. And so they'll know that again, they'll know that and they'll account for that. But the fact that I think the diff, the key difference between Albon and Gasly is the fact that Albon actually fights for positions in races when he's in a Red Bull car and he really went for it straight from the off, you know, in his first race in Spa, in 2019, he went around Sergio Perez and he was on the grass for a little bit <laughs> because Perez tried to yeah. him off the track. Pitt Gasly probably would have backed up. Most people would back out of that and say, nah, I'm, I'm not going to go for that. I'll wait because that, that straight line down into that little less, um, those two turns, I can't remember the name of it. That's, that's the main overtaking point in Spa. And so if you're not going to do it again, you've got to wait a whole other lap behind the driver to go and do it again. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, he's done really well. It's his first um, full season yeah. in, in, in Formula One. And he, I think he's ranked fifth, um, only two points behind um, Lando Norris. Well, this is his second season, but it's his first season in Red Bull. Yeah. In Formula One, isn't it? Because he was the um, he was he was a reserve driver for some team, the second team, Red Bull second team. I can't remember what their name Wasn't is. He, did he start out as the reserve driver? I think so. Yeah, and then oh. of course last year he came in for 
I think was it half the season or a few races of the season. Right. And they decided um, to promote him to Red Bull. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so he's, he's gone a long way and they mm. they clearly saw potential in him. So with how he's doing his first proper full season yeah. um, and, you know, we're, we're not, not that we're finishing the season just yet in Formula One, um, but to be fifth is quite respectable. Yeah. You're on a good team, but um, there's quite a lot of pressure on your shoulders as well to perform. So, and respect to Lando as well, because Lando's fourth and I guess just slightly above him. Although that probably would have changed now after Mugello. Albon would probably be fourth. Or are you looking at? No, I'm looking at the live okay. stats. So the live stats are Albon fifth at 63 points and Norris at 65. Ooh, so okay. they're, they're very close together. And of course, you've got that gap of the top three of Verstappen, Bottas and yeah. Hamilton after that. Um, so, to, and, and Red Bull will be pleased with him as well because he'll be bringing home all those constructors' points. That's it. That's it. Because he's helping. He's helping um, Verstappen to actually bring some points back, um, where you know they're comfortably in second place. You know, Mercedes are in a league of their own because they've got Hamilton and Bottas up there. Mm. But um, it, it's it's a massive gap between first, second, and then a massive gap between second and third, and. Then, and the the others are kind of like together where you've got um, McLaren and you've got Racing Point and you've got Renault. They're, they're all very much uh, close by. So bringing an Albon is working for them. Yeah. So that that's the fight for fourth, is it? Those three teams? McLaren, Racing Point, Renault? Yeah, in that order. McLaren, Racing Point and Renault. Okay. Well, it makes sense that Racing Point would be up there since they basically copied... They they originally were copying 2019 Mercedes, and now they appear to be copying 2020 Mercedes because they're they're now basically um, copying their their brake ducts, you know, the air vents on the brakes. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> I mean, they, they are Mercedes' second team, though, aren't they? They basically so, are at this point. Yeah, yeah. With, so with Daddy's money and Burrito <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Although Burrito but, Boy's being replaced by the Bratwurst. You know what I'm on about? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, Racing Point next year is going to become Aston Martin. Um, right. Aston Martin, their sponsorship deal with uh, Red Bull is ending this year. And next year, they're going to become owners. Uh, they're going to take over Racing Point, basically. Because Lawrence Stroll has bought a stake in Aston Martin and he's decided that they want to, you know, he wants to take that into Formula One. And um, they're getting rid of Sergio Perez. It, only, it was only announced on Wednesday. They're getting right. rid of Perez. And then the following morning, they announced Sebastian Vettel is their Vettel, yeah. driver. So they've got Vettel and Stroll for next year. Vettel is a Bratwurst, is he? Yep. He's a German. <laughs> So, I don't know, you'll probably know more uh, about this mm. than me, but are McLaren sticking with Renault as their engine for next year? or mm, is that... They're going with Mercedes power. So, they're, they're going to have a Mercedes engine next year, which you, you would presume would make them more competitive. And yeah. if they can get that third spot this year, uh, this will be the last year, I think, where they have you know that third pot of money. Because at the moment, the winners obviously get the most money and then third, you know, 
third place will get obviously get more money than fourth. Ooh. Aren't I aren't I a smart boy? And um you know, that'll be good for them going into next year, even though well, to be fair, they'll have the spending regulations. Um, which which over time will bring the field closer together. But we spoke about this before where the first gear I, I expect more of the same. I don't yeah. expect too much difference. Maybe McLaren with the Mercedes engine would make a jump up, but I think um, eventually with time it will level itself off and it will yeah. become more exciting where you won't really know what's going on and it will genuinely be the driver's skill there. Mm. Um, but no, in the next few years, I do completely agree with you. It won't make a, um, a an overnight change. Like but actually, it, it, now that you mention it, now that I'm thinking about it, it will still have this uneven uh, aspect to it because the teams that have a lot of money will still be able to put a lot more money into their driver development like academies. So the Mercedes of the world, the Ferraris, they'll be able to spend money on developing young drivers and bringing in the best talent because they can offer them more money and offer them a higher salary and obviously an opportunity to win. And so you would, you know, just thinking about that now, I would expect it that. Would, to- it would, it, I agree with you. It would improve their drivers, but ultimately they've only got two spots and they're going to be training more than two drivers oh, to, yeah. to that standard. So even if, they, um, you know, don't bring those other people in to um, come in and drive for them. They would be essentially training drivers for other Formula One. So, if anything, those um, constructors who will be training up their drivers will be improving the whole quality of F1 drivers rather than just their team, if that makes sense. Yeah, because they'll be more competitive and there'll be finer margins which you would presume would mean that the average performance would be increased. Yeah. Yeah. So we we briefly mentioned him earlier, um, Pierre Gasly, who won the Monza Grand Prix last week. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, all all of my social media was uh, people talking about Pierre Gasly and the fact that he was obviously dropped from Renault, uh, not from Renault, from Red Bull. Um, And then he, the week... After he got dropped, um, his friend Antoine Joubert was killed in the crash in Spa, and then he had to go and race in Spa. Yeah, Pierre did. So, and then a year later, cut to a year later in Monza, he he winds up winning it somehow. I don't know how. Well, it's it's through a load of crashes and Hamilton's stop go penalty that he had to endure because he pitted under a safety car, which they were told. They were told they couldn't pit under that specific safety car, which meant Hamilton dropped back, and then the midfield teams were pushed up, and then it was them all fighting for podiums. Yeah, I mean, talking about the Italian Grand Prix, and uh, if anyone actually listens to us, they'll know that um, I'm all for a bit of change in Formula One. Um, It's a bit boring watching Hamilton win it week in, week out. So last week, we had Gasly and um, Science at it literally such small margins yeah such small margins in that and then you've had Stroll and Norris and Bottas again they're all so close together the race seemed to be so much more lively with um, there being a different winner and it being so much closer 
I think also so, everyone seems to really appreciate the fact that Mercedes were nowhere to be seen. Like Bottas, I, I, don't, I think Hamilton, Hamilton finished like seventh and Bottas finished like fifth or fourth. Yeah, yeah, you're right, fifth, yeah. So, you know, that was Valtteri's opportunity to really get some points over Hamilton and he, and he couldn't do it. So I think there goes Valtteri's championship hopes. But all credit to Gasly, like you, you know, he made sure he didn't crash or anything. He didn't do anything stupid that would have cost him the race, and so he ended up on top. And credit to Carlos Sainz as well, who this is probably going to be the only good performance he's going to have for a while, given the fact that he's going to Ferrari next year, which is a sack of shit. <laughs> 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 like, like, like their customer teams are beating them. Like Ferrari um, sell engines to Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Romeo, I'm pretty sure, if memory serves me correctly, finish higher than Ferrari in the Mon- in Monza in the Italian Grand Prix, which makes no sense. Uh, it's just, it's difficult. It's sport, right? So yeah. we can say, oh, it's, that happened, this happened. I think in any sport we can say that. So. I do understand where you're coming from, but it's just the management of the Ferrari team at the moment where it just seems yeah. to be awful. Like Vettel's just trodling along. Now he's got his new contract. He probably doesn't really care. Um, he's going to be racing for um, Aston Martin. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a funny one because I think that Leclerc, of course, knows that he's going to have a new teammate. And there's, there is some... Um, flirting going on between both of them and their chemistry seems to be quite good um, as teammates already even though they're not yet and it's a very weird I think situation to be in for him because people in Ferrari probably know that Vettel is not really going to be there for much longer so the actual um, team cohesion might not be there and team cohesion actually makes a big difference on stuff like this Ferrari appears to be a very toxic environment. Like they, they pick a number one driver and, um, you know, you look how badly Vettel performed when you compare it to Leclerc. Leclerc in qualifying in Mugello was able to get to uh, Q3, whereas Vettel went out in either Q1 or Q2, I can't exactly remember. Either way, he was really poor. He was like 15th or something in qualifying. And so they're clearly not favouring him. And now that it's confirmed that he's going to Aston Martin, that just confirms it. I'm sorry I spoke over you. No, 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 no. I, I, I appreciate you say that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just interesting to see how uh, science is going to fit in. And um, it's, yeah, it's just good. It's going to be an interesting season next year because everyone's saying, oh, this is the last year where... Um, is going to be um, under the current regulations. But with how things have gone this year, no one could have predicted it. Um, so it has already been different to other years where it wasn't the normal season with the start of... Um, where did we start? We started off in Belgium, Aust- was it? Austria. Austria. Um, Belgium was, yeah, not long ago. My, my bad. Mm. But um, it's a very European-based um, season this year. So that must have had some impact on the teams, their planning, um, all sorts of impact. Um, So next year where they will have a little bit more planning now that they're already getting their contracts in early on enough, um, halfway through the season, 
and Ferrari probably know that they need to get their shit together because they can't continue performing how they are performing now. There might be a bit of change. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be since they, they their principal uh, Mattia Binotto, he they had one good year with Sebastian Vettel challenging for the drivers' championship in 2017 with Lewis Hamilton, mm-hmm. and since then it just seems to have gone down and down and down and down and it's it's been a slow slide for ferrari because obviously they finished second narrowly and then they ended up third behind red bull and then now i have no clue where they are in in the constructors championships i don't think anyone knows or cares really because they're not fighting for much really i think (laughs) i legitimately think that they are competing with Haas this year Haas and williams for that that bottom three, for that best of the rest um, category, like in the same way Arsene Wenger fought for that fourth place trophy that him and Arsenal consistently won year after year. Oh, they're winning the Premier League this year, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> when is the Premier League starting? Like the twelfth? Um, it started this weekend. It's oh, started. Shit. Friday, um, and yeah, games have started. <laughs> Great. I had, you see, this is how much I follow football. I had no, no clue whatsoever that um, <laughs> football was going on. Unless West Ham were involved. Fair enough. At least you're following F1. Exactly, yeah. And I can, and I can do most of the talking for this. And then next time, because we, we should do a Premier League predictions next week. We'll do a Premier League predictions, and then I'll just let you do, you you talk. So it'll be fine. Oh, that's a bit of pressure. I don't. I don't I'm, I'm not sure if I if I'm too keen on predictions because we'll visit it at the end of the season, and we'll completely slate my decisions on what I would have said next week. Okay, that's part of life. You fuck up. Yeah, but it's just predictions. Who can predict the future? Just based on what you think. Uh, yeah. to look like like. Yeah. I mean, it, give, it gives me a heads up on to see how teams are performing in the opening day of the season, at least, to kind of get that's heads true. up. On what's that's true. But then, but then Norwich had a decent start to last season and then they ended up relegated. True. True. So, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't really have sprung that on you in a recording, but fuck it. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, like, uh, I think coming back to what we were saying about Carlos Sainz and Ferrari, like, he seems to be the perfect decision to be the number two guy with mm. Ferrari because they've been favouring Leclerc for this this season especially. And, um, you know, he's he's a nice guy, Carlos. I, um, that doesn't mean that he's not competitive. But I, I see him in the same light as Valtteri Bottas where he will probably play second fiddle to Leclerc and they'll be pushing Leclerc forward. Yeah, and unfortunately, that I think that you're right with that. Um, but what I'm looking forward to is Ricardo going to McLaren. Oh, yeah, him and Norris next to each other. They already I, seem to have a really good friendship, and you know, they're both very competitive drivers. Yeah, they, I think the friendship aspect might help it. I mean, I, I, I think it's friendship when you're not on the track. Yeah. Um, when you're on the track, you don't care. Um, I imagine so, that that's an unwritten rule amongst Formula One drivers, though. Yeah, 
I think it would be an unwritten rule in any kind of sport where you, you know, you're friendly and all that. But um, when it comes to actually performing, you're always going to put yourself first, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Especially when, when you're at the level that they're competing, to have that mentality, um, you need to have that mentality to get to the level that they're at. So um, it, I, I'm really looking forward to um, Ricardo going to McLaren because I I don't think this Renault moves worked out for him whatsoever he can't finish race or what if he can finish a race it will be mid table and at best he's trying to push for a podium has he gotten a podium with Renault yet I don't think he has no if, if he'd if he'd held on to third today that would have been his first Renault podium it has been good for his bank account though that move <laughs> we all know that way exactly so uh, you know you, you've, you've got a short time to earn money especially as an athlete so hats off to him but I, yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, how much he would be getting at McLaren. But um, I I'm think sure it's that, a much more competitive car. Yeah, I'm sure that he's still getting looked after very well. Oh, yeah. At McLaren, because he wouldn't leave Renault. I mean, I'm not slating him to him personally, but as an athlete, when you're earning so much money, you're not going to cut your wages um, to go to a slightly better team. Exactly. Like, I, you know, thinking about it from a working perspective me i would probably take less money to go to work in a good environment so and you know especially if that's one that can push you forward and then if he if he were to win a championship especially with hamilton still um racing or whatever you know he could live for the rest of his life on sponsorships you know there'll be people that'll be more than happy to sponsor him yeah so, ricardo has got quite a good personality as well he's very good with yeah. the media so i think he'll, he'll have it a lot better off than um, the Scandinavian drivers who are just complete robots. It's mainly the Finns. Let's be fair. It is mainly well, the Finns. Yeah, I didn't want to say in a specific country, but now you've said it. <laughs> <laughs> like like Kimi, for example. Kimi, Kimi's a legend. Like he, he, he spends most of his time on the radio complaining about the fact he has no drink. <laughs> and then Valtteri... Um, has no personality whatsoever. So no, he's just a driver, isn't he? Yeah, he he is. When when you say they are robots, you, you know, Valtteri is the robot. Um, <laughs> just expresses no emotions whatsoever whenever he speaks. But that's just him. But and then yeah. I don't think I don't think Kevin Magnussen is any better than that either. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But then you see, you you do still see some personality in Kevin because uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember in Drive to Survive the first season when it's him competing with Hulkenberg. He did some quite dirty moves on Hulkenberg where he like squeezed him off the track, and then Hulkenberg goes up to him when he's in an in interview and say, "Oh, congratulations for being the most unsporting driver in Formula One," and Magnussen just looks at him and goes, "Suck my balls." I don't remember that. <laughs> so, so he ha he at least has some personality, and that's that of a complete prick. But yeah. um, he at least has something. Whereas Kimi is just he he is the Iceman. They find him asleep before races. So. <laughs> and there's a brilliant video actually of Kimi. Um, he crashed in Monaco a good ten odd years ago. And so he crashed and then he walked over to his yacht 
where all of his mates were drinking in the hot tub. And so he just got in the hot tub and started drinking with them during the race. <laughs> to show that you care. Exactly. That's Kimmy. I love that. Well, just got to do what's best for you. Exactly, mate. So unless you've got anything else to add. I'm, no, I'm... I, I was just going to say, I think this is a good note to end it. So thank you, everyone yes. who's watched or listened. Um, give us a like if you've enjoyed it and tune in until next time. Yeah, see you next time. <laughs>